When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to I'm Absolutely Fine, the podcast from the mid-alt that looks at all the glamour and indignity of being a grown-up. Emily, what's your gut feeling? Well, my gut feeling is that things could be better. Hmm. Shall we talk about the gut microbiome? Go on, let's. I know it's not sexy repartee, but it's a conversation worth having because it affects, well, it affects everything. Bear with me just briefly. Your gut microbiome is a vast ecosystem with bacteria as diverse as the Amazon rainforest. They break down food and help your body to detoxify. They support the immune system. They can affect energy and weight as well as mental health. But along with all the good bacteria lurk yeasts, fungi and viruses. Now we're not born with them, but research has shown that composition of the gut microbiome can change with dietary intervention, stress levels and quality of sleep. Scientists are increasingly treating the gut as its own organ, which is why we are delighted that this podcast is brought to you by Simprove. Now, long before Simprove approached us to sponsor this podcast, I'd started swigging it every morning and I felt a difference within weeks. It's a water-based supplement that carries live and active bacteria that can endure the incredible journey from mouth to gut in order to start to multiply and produce food for the bugs we already have. Don't even get me started on the gut-brain connection. Now, everybody who knows about this stuff knows that Simprove is the best of its kind. And you can sign up for a 12-week introductory programme and we've got a code for a 15% discount, midalt15 at simprove.com. That's S-Y-M-P-R-O-V-E dot com. It's remarkable stuff. Hi everybody, I'm Annabelle and I'm absolutely fine, but my car is now such a petri dish of filth <laughs> that I feel there are things in it with higher IQs than mine, which is not <laughs> difficult uh, when you get up at 4am every day. But it also feels like a manifestation of my own inner monologue and in, in, in inner state. And I also feel willfully determined not to do anything about it. Okay, given how pristine your house is, this is a shock. I've outsourced the filth and the confusion that I feel into my car sitting outside. So the linen cupboard is fine, you know, the kitchen is fine, but the car, I mean, honestly, it's, it's, it's a health risk. Oh it should my... have hazard tape around it. I am absolutely shocked. I'm also not going to be taking a lift with you. Or maybe I will, because I'll just enjoy it. Does that make you feel slightly better about me? I mean, it really does make me feel so much better. Um, How are you? Uh, hi, I'm Emily and I'm absolutely fine. And I was just going to share that I was sitting in, an, in the office the other day and I was wearing a jacket that was older than my co-worker. And when I say older, I don't mean that in a kind of like, ooh, I was wearing vintage. I mean, I actually bought it in 1997 and the girl sitting opposite me was younger. So now you realise that when like Patsy and Fab said, I've got tights older than you, she wasn't being camp. She was just being like, you know, in her 40s. 
There you are. Did you tell the young young girl? I did tell the young girl. She didn't seem to be as upset about it as I am. (laughs) (laughs) But maybe I should take a picture of her next time next to the coat and go, look, it's as old as you. Anyway, there you go. That's nice. Anyway, we digress because I am absolutely delighted to introduce Lisa Snowden to the podcast. Now, maybe you know her from her modelling days. She was discovered pole dancing at a rave in the 90s. Maybe you know her from her Johnny Vaughan Capital Radio stints or her exquisite foxtrot on Strictly Come Dancing. She came third, third. Or maybe you have fallen for her podcast, Get Lifted, or her IGTV Lives, which are watched by tens of thousands each week as she tackles every hard health issue under the sun. In particular, her brilliant Menopause Madness series. Welcome to I'm Absolutely Fine, Lisa. How are you? Oh, oh, girls, it's lovely to be here. Thank you. Yeah, so I am absolutely fine, except my wonderful, supportive, gorgeous, loving fiancé has given me his man flu. So I am slightly feeling, I mean, obviously I didn't get it as bad as he did, but if you can hear, I sound a little bit more husky than I usually would. Um, So yeah, he, he, he very brilliantly gave me all his bloody germs so yeah I um, held my breath for a minute there because I really thought it was going to be chlamydia <laughs> <laughs> that would require a little bit more investigation I was, I was thinking, or, you know not only at the doctors but also with him a little interrogation I was thinking my god she's taken this well <laughs> <laughs> just shows um, where my brain goes <laughs> yeah, no, no, S- no STIs, thankfully. Okay, good. Just the, just the cold. The cold has been going around. The cold. Yeah, that's yeah. what we're calling it, the cold. The we know, cold. Everyone's had the cold. I know, because we haven't had the cold for so long because we haven't seen each other and we've been, you know, we haven't built up this immunity. So the cold is going around. There's it's, also it's... quite a lot of norovirus. So we've yes. got that yes. to look forward to as loads well. Loads of puking, <laughs> loads of lovely puking. <laughs> yeah, and, and also I know loads of people with COVID, so, you know. Oh, it's, like, oh, it's like, going to be such a happy Christmas. It's such a shit show. <laughs> I feel like we need to spend more time in your car with all of those germs <laughs> to really boost our immunity up we just by like roll being a cesspit. Yeah, roll around in the mold. Honestly, Lisa, you have absolutely no idea how incongruous this is to Adabel's existence. I mean, she is, you know, everything is pristine. So the idea that she would just suddenly like unleash hell in your car it I think shows it's, you some know, kind the, of... The pristineness is all about control. It isn't really about a love of pristine things. And so I've decided to let, you know, lack of control rip through the car because it's how I feel. And I think, and Lisa, this is one, this is one of the things you're so, so brilliant and generous and wise and funny about is this feeling of lack of control that can start to bite when we enter our 40s, which is exactly when we feel we should be so in control. Yeah. Absolutely. It just comes out of nowhere and literally whoops you around the head and you just feel, you feel that you're at a time where you are more comfortable in your body. You're sort of more accepting of things that aren't where they used to be. I'm talking about gravity taking its toll (laughs) on certain, you know, areas of our bodies, faces. But at the same time you do, or I did in my early forties, get kind of out of the blue have these feelings of like out of controlness uh, anxiety low mood and um it and it, and it's, and it really is quite shit because you know we kind of battle with our confidence going through our teens and then dealing with our periods and then kind of like you know trying to find your place in the world as far as work and then you know maybe changing careers and so you think you get to your 40s and you're pretty sorted you're hopefully in a good relationship um you know maybe you've had kids and they're a little bit more grown up and so you've got a little bit more time to yourself so it should be a time to be 
celebrated and actually it is once you get it under control but initially those first kind of couple of years for me were quite hideous because I didn't know I didn't recognize myself I couldn't process things stress as well as I had been used to doing so yeah it's a very confusing time and also you know sometimes it can happen when you're when you have all those things when you have your professional life sorted your family life sorted you may or may not have children but often you can be in your early 40s and you maybe want to have a baby and that becomes a whole battle in itself or you haven't found a relationship and for you didn't didn't a lot of this begin with a fertility journey yeah, I mean, well, I did want to have kids, you know, I really did. And there's been various things that have happened as far as my fertility goes, but I, I didn't find the right partner and I didn't want to just settle. That was kind of where my head was at. I did contemplate a few times going to the Einstein sperm bank in, you know, Los Angeles and getting really smart sperm and just doing <laughs> it by myself. But that kind of was just a little bit of a phase for a couple of years. And then I went when I was about 40 to go and check, you know, my egg quality to see what the chances are and maybe to try and look at freezing my eggs and things like that, only to be told that it was a little bit late. So that just all of a sudden came out of the blue because because you just think you've got more time than you have, you know? You just sort of think, I don't feel 40. So it doesn't feel like that I have to make all these really huge decisions and have them all locked up and locked down by that point. You haven't found yourself almost, because, you know, I'm always talking about, you know, you've got to feel good in yourself before you can let somebody else in. And I think that that was my problem. I I was always very, um, I was always attracting the wrong type of people for whatever reason. I know the reason, because actually I didn't want to commit and I didn't perhaps like myself very much deep down and I had lots of little issues that I needed to kind of resolve um, and put to bed before I could start sort of like taking the blinkers off and looking for somebody who was loving and kind and supportive and you know up until that point I just wanted like fun and just excitement and you know turbulence and yeah so I was definitely looking for all the wrong things and then like you said you get to sort of 40 42 and then you're like oh, well, I did kind of want to have a baby. What am I going to do now? And then that decision's made for you pretty much. I mean, obviously there's different routes you can go down. There's IVF, there's sperm donor, there's egg donation, there's adoption. There's many, many ways that you can do it. But for me, I, I you know, once George and I had got back together, because we used to date many, many years ago. So we already have a history. And I think it was just about timing with him and I, because when we were first together, we were both at MTV and I was much younger but I was older than him. So I'm seven years older than him. So he's my little, like, you know, he's my little toy boy, which I don't think we even say anymore. And actually, back then, it seemed like that age gap was really big because he was 23. I was almost 30. I was off to go to LA to film all these different shows. And I was like, see you later. And then we sort of kept in contact a little bit. But then fast forward almost 18 years and we got reintroduced. And it was amazing because we both kind of, got all the crap out of our sims that we needed to do and all the different dating and all the different dramas and the traveling and all that sort of thing and it just worked and it just fit and we had that familiarity as well so it was like a lovely you know obviously we hadn't we didn't know that much about each other because we changed so much but there was still lots of kind of points of reference and it was just it was just really lovely it was it was all about timing I love these stories they always remind me of those things you read in the Sunday papers when it's sort of like you know she lost her fiance in the war but then when they were both 89 (laughs) they saw each other again on a train platform and and she was the same girl he was the same man I never thought that would be my story (laughs) I never thought I'd be like it's like that like our song or whatever you know just like special romantic story but it is really romantic such a romantic story 
I know, I know. Does he make you sick? Um, but no, he's 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 brilliant, and you know what? He always was, but he needed to go off and live his life, and I did too. So. I always say that to people. I know when people are single in their 40s or they haven't found anybody, I always say, can you just look back? Is there anybody you've encountered in your life that maybe you had a one night stand with or you had a fling with or you had a short relationship with and it didn't work for whatever reason? Did he have to go off traveling? Was there a family drama where you needed to be there for your family and you couldn't concentrate? Is there anybody that you may have encountered? Because I truly believe that we would have met our perfect match almost somewhere in our lives by the time we get to our kind of 40s mid 40s I truly believe that but I just think that maybe the timing wasn't right or maybe you didn't think he was the right one for you I didn't think George was the right one for me I had no idea but once I'd done a little bit of therapy and worked on myself and you know realized the qualities that I wanted and what I definitely didn't want it all kind of made sense. So I always have this thing where I go, just have a little think, have a look through your phone, your phone book. Just like, and they'll be like, oh my God, what about Steve? I met him up there. You know what I, mean? I don't know. It's just, it's just, quick, it's just a, just, just, yeah. quick yeah, smack to like Marbella. Hi Steve, I was just passing. <laughs> I just think and sometimes. I was just talking just to my little... friend Lisa, who says that. <laughs> I should look you up. This is definitely a film script. Do you know, this is not only a film, this is a TV show, Lisa, yeah. that you should present. That yeah. is basically look making back at women your love. go back and contact all their ex lovers yeah. yeah. or even acquaintances. Yes. Yeah, it's acquaintances. It doesn't even have to be somebody that you, you know, it, it, you just think of somebody you had an amazing connection with, but yeah. for whatever reason, you didn't take it any further. And maybe he's sort of, I don't know, you've had a flash of a, of a thought of him over the years, or, you know, if there's any men listening, you're be, <laughs> any ladies gonna, that you may. Have... Yes, you're going to be inspiring all our listeners to go through their Rolodexes. I know. We, we should call it Married at Second Sight. Very good. You see, that's why we don't pay you the big bucks. <laughs> so you're back with George and you're sort of looking at having a baby, which makes you you know, have a little look at your hormones, right? I mean... Well, no, no, no. So I did the hormones thing before that. So I did all my hormones checks before that. And so when George and I got together, we were just really enjoying being together. And I did say to him pretty much straight away and I wasn't scared of like doing that thing was like hi do you want to have a baby because I know that women you know when we get into our 40s that's the sort of thing you have to bring up but I was like I'm just going to throw it all out there if you want to have a child we need to start working on that now we're going to need to do we're going to need to do something like IVF we're going to need to look at this in more depth because I don't think it's going to be very easy just to get pregnant naturally and his reaction was amazing so it took all the pressure off of me he just said to be honest with you, I'm just so happy that we're back together and I just want to be with you. I just want to be with you. And if it's just you and me for the rest of our lives, then that's what I want. And so straight away, I was just like, I didn't feel that pressure. Because also add to the mix, I know lots of my friends who have really struggled to get pregnant in their 40s and spent so much money and it's been hard on their relationship. Yeah, like it it's really business, has been it? so hot and, and it's broken them apart and, you know, remortgage houses to try and pay for, you know, it's just, um, it's expensive. It's heartbreaking. It doesn't always work. And I just thought we're just back together and we're having the best time and he, we just really love each other. Maybe that, that love is enough. We don't, we're older now. We can reflect and be like, we're really lucky. We've got five nieces and nephews between us. We don't feel childless. We get the best of the kids and then we can give them back. And so we, he just kind of put my mind at ease and I thought, well, then that's great. We don't need to do it. We don't need to look at this. You know, it's like sometimes you don't always get everything you expect in life. 
you just don't and I know that you just have to be grateful for what you have got and I was just really grateful that I reconnected with George and that we were just going to be together forever and we're just massively happy so that kind of um just put a full stop yeah a big line underneath that whole conversation when was it that you started feeling sort of other I was talking to a hormone doctor the other day who says that um he thinks perimenopause is a 10-year situation and lasts you starts at about 38 and it's such a shame we don't start tracking our hormones at sort of 28 so we know what our bottom line might have been you can track your hormones but it's really hard like what do you mean by that does that just like when you do your bloods for the doctors for example I'm, I'm digressing a bit just to to follow up on what you just said and then I'll talk about when I first started feeling a bit funky I think it's really hard to get a really accurate reading of what your bloods are doing because throughout our cycle our 28 day cycle we are going like this we're weaving up and down it's like a roller coaster of a little bit more estrogen here a little bit more progesterone here so unless you do throughout a whole 28 days a weekly blood test to then figure out the whole spectrum of what's going on, I don't think you're going to get an accurate reading. So you could test your bloods at twenty, uh, you know, age twenty-eight on day fourteen, and if you if you were to do that every couple of years, then that's fine. But a, that's really expensive, and I'm sure that the GPs aren't going to do that for you. And b, it's a moving target because stuff's happening all the time. You know, you get different fluctuations depending on just the different months so do really. you think that you need to track symptoms not biochemical results yeah, yeah i think symptoms is i think knowing your signs and symptoms and recognizing yourself and that is where the power comes from that's where you're going to be like i don't feel like myself something is changing and there is about 64 different um symptoms that are associated with the perimenopause and i know it's it's and it, it can mimic other things too so it is really confusing but i think Bottom line, if you start feeling in your early 40s, because yes, you've mentioned you do start feeling it a little bit earlier. I think a lot of us have to realise that you do start experiencing perimenopause symptoms earlier than we think and also going into the menopause earlier than we think. Because for me, the menopause seems like a really old person's thing. Mm. And I was like, I don't feel old. I don't, I don't, I look quite good. I don't look that old. For me, it's like, you know, a little old lady with grey hair in a mm. bun, you know, with a little trolley. It's, that's not... That's part of the problem, isn't it? <laughs> That is part of the problem. We need to educate people to know that it does happen to us um, earlier and it is hormone deficiency. It's like they're they're changing, they're they're fluctuating and the body's not doing what it's been doing. You know, it's not producing eggs and so the, the, the hormones are, you know, becoming less and less. So I first started to feel really out of sorts in my early 40s looking back. So I was about 42 and I had really low mood, borderline depression, very emotional, very anxious. And so that was my first when I look back, that was definitely something that came out of the blue. Well, that was not your personality prior to that? No, not really. I mean, I, you know, I guess I get a little bit anxious before I do things. I've always had imposter syndrome, so work has always made me a little bit like, oh, am I excited or am I nervous? So it's a combination <laughs> of those things. But then when I think about my early 40s, there were some other things that happened. You know, there was bereavement. There was a very horrible relationship. So again, these symptoms could be, you know, they could be because of that. But when I got prescribed antidepressants, I knew that that wasn't what I needed. So I took them for a very short amount of time. Then George and I met each other and I told him everything. I said to him, you know, I've been prescribed antidepressants, you know, and I told him about the baby thing. And he thankfully is so supportive and so encouraging and so loving that he, you know, we got off the antidepressants really quickly and I was able to talk to him about everything that was going on. And then 
a few years on, because it sort of, they start changing these symptoms. So a few years on, another huge um, indicator is your cycle changing. So, you know, more frequent periods, less frequent periods, um, shorter, longer, heavier, lighter, all of those different things. And I started to experience really crippling pain where I couldn't leave the house. Like some days I couldn't get out of bed. There was no, I felt nauseous. They were so heavy. I was like hemorrhaging. I couldn't, and you know, if I did go out, it would just be terrible and, and hideous things would happen where I just would change a, you know, my sanitary situation. And it, and it was just, it was just so heavy. I didn't want to leave the house. So that's a big indicator, but I still didn't put two and two together. I didn't think the depression, the anxiety, the heavy cycles, um, I just didn't know. I just didn't know. And this is like, you know, five, six years ago. So I kind of dealt with that and I had, I've got have endometriosis. So you kind of know that, you know, if you do suffer with that, you also get painful periods. So, you know, what we do as women is we just deal with all these things. We just deal. We just say, oh, I've got a really heavy period. I'm still going to go into work. I'm still going to do everything. I'm still going to put myself on the back burner and I'm going to look after my kids, look after my partner, get the job done, finish this deadline. And we suck it up and we take pain medication and we'll just down a paracetamol and we just get on with it. And that I think is where the problem lies is that we don't, we need to recognize what's happening to us, but we also need to surrender sometimes to feeling really crap, you know? and admit to it so looking back I didn't I mean some days I tried to take the day off and be like I actually can't get out of bed but it doesn't really wash does it with work mm. if you say I've got really painful periods no, I can't come in and I think well that and I think as well exactly like you were saying as women you know we really don't want to let the side down ever so you don't exactly. and we fought quite and hard also, to get to the table so we're like okay yeah, well we can't yeah. start saying I'm sorry I've got my period or my womeny issues yeah. to, or to my you. perimenopausal period because menopause is basically you know until very recently been an insult menopausal woman yes exactly look at that sort of hysteria you know sweaty you know yeah. old person and you maybe we're so ingrained to like to, to sort of create a sort of invisibility mask around those women that we don't think that we're, we've become those women ourselves if you see what I mean no it, we're ashamed of it we dread it we're worried about it you know it's something like pregnancy is such a milestone and it's such a thing to be celebrated but you know with the menopause it's something that's like oh god you know you just you just honestly feel that you're a burden that you 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 can't do your job properly. It feels like an ending. That's the awful thing. It absolutely does. It absolutely does. And it doesn't have to be because mm. once I got the right diagnosis and I got on the HR, <laughs> you know, like, because I had, I put on weight. I had all these angry kind of like system boils along my like hormonal areas on my chin, on my jawline. You know, I was like, I didn't want to go to work and so many women I think it's about 50% of women now I've just seen these new stats want to take early retirement or just leave their jobs completely and it's usually at a point where they're in a really powerful place in their jobs and you you know they should be celebrated and you know so I'm trying to kind of campaign for things like you know a, a menopause policy in the workplace so that there's support for women that there's more flexible kind of working hours that there's you know that they get them screened like that you know sort of you know vital screening it takes place and support more support with mental health and you know just so that you can have a little bit of a break and just get yourself back to feeling like you again because once you do even if you don't want to go down the route of taking HRT because not everybody wants to just just knowing what's happening to you you can kind of get a grip on it you can do other things just to kind of like you know see it as a 360 approach you know there's lots of little bits and pieces little hacks and sleep hacks and you know what are the sleep hacks <laughs> what? Oh, Annabelle doesn't sleep. Do you way. not sleep? So I'm always interested to hear if there's a new one that I don't know about. Yeah. Well, you've probably tried them all. That's the problem. Oh, yeah, that is but, the problem. 
But is your bedroom just like a sanctuary just for you to sleep in? Like when you step into your bedroom, is there, there's no TV? Do you shut your computer off? And I, I, Yes, I do. I do the sleep hygiene. Um, but I, but it did start when I was about 42. So uh, I've always wondered if it was that and I just haven't given the wrong hormones. But who knows? Do you get that weird thing where you f- start falling? This is another awful symptom that comes up when you start, when you fall asleep and then you get that. <gasps> and you wake up and you've got that gri- grippling heart palpitation anxiety that just wakes you up. Oh my and God. you feel like. That's no, I, I wake get. up, I wake up at three or four in the morning and I'm done. But that's you, isn't that's it? That's me. I wake up <gasps> like that and then I go back to sleep. But I. Oh my but- God. So it's, it's, you know how sometimes when you have a dream and you feel like you're falling off a cliff, yes. it's sort of like that, but much more intense and it feels like you're having a heart attack. Oh my God, the relating, the hard relate that I'm having mm. right now, that's exactly mm. what it is. And once I feel like I, I had a, like a, a disc bulge and I thought that I had strained it by literally sitting up in bed so violently from one of those wake up things, you know, where you feel like your yeah. whole body yeah. is wrenching up. Yeah. Is that a sign? That's a sign, honey. Yeah. That is estrogen deficiency, I'm afraid. But you know what? It makes you feel scared to go back to sleep because you don't want to... You just feel like... Yeah. Oh, I don't wake up in the morning. Oh, my God, it's horrible. Oh, I'm so other, sorry. What other little no, signs are there that we may not know about? So that is a major one that I, I experienced. Tinnitus. Mm. Have you had any ear issues? <laughs> oh, you? yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> so tinnitus is one that I learned about recently, which I had no idea. Obviously, pelvic floor issues, so needing to pee. Um, vaginal always... atrophy had to get that word in uh, atrophy it's such a sexy word the, the, what, the language around it is so sexy oh. isn't it it's like and the hormones on. will help with that yeah because estrogen is responsible for everything so it keeps everything springy it's like kind of WD-40 it keeps it all and we have it from the you know the follicles of our hair down to the tips of our toes and it's responsible for everything so yes HRT will help to help with that cradle of the pelvic floor it helps to kind of just keep everything a bit more muscle tone tighter Mm. you know everything and and skin can you know everything can be improved by taking hrt i truly believe i'm such a pro hrt do you have to tweak your medication as you move through it yes yeah 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 can i go to the doctor then and say hey lisa told me you've got the marina coil i've got the marina coil so does that make it it makes it a little bit more complicated because i've got doesn't make it complicated at all that just means you don't need any extra uh, progesterone you can just keep your coil in and you just take hr you take a estrogen estrogen on its own so you would take a spray or a gel rather than having a a combined patch okay so i go in and i say lisa's told me that i i I need some estrogen and that's it how old are you how old are you 46 47 yes in a minute so this is what I've been talking with my doctor, Dr. Menopause Karen. I do all my midweek menopause madness I love with her. her. And she's, 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 really, she's brilliant. So she, um, if you're 45 and over, you do not have to have blood tests to confirm that you are going into the menopause or perimenopause. If you um, present any symptoms that are, you know, the typical symptoms. So um, is there anything else that you can take to the table? Because GPs are a little bit less... Some of them, you might get somebody who specialises in female health who is really up on, you know, maybe he's done a few courses or she's done a few courses or she's a little bit more pro-HRT. But you've got to remember back in the day, it was demonised. So early 2000s, it was, everybody was taken off of it. It was like, don't take HRT. So you've got a lot of like old school doctors who are still a bit scared of, of putting women on it. And, you know, all of that science, is it's it was wrong. It was wrong to be taken off of HRT and it can really help with your bone density so it can protect you from osteoporosis it can protect you from heart disease vascular dementia like lots of things it's really good for um like i said keeping everything springy and 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 healthy in your body your blood vessels and all of that sort of thing so if you were to say to him i'm having this weird anxiety um you know sort of heart palpitations these we call them surges at night um you'd 
perhaps need to present some other symptoms. So okay. do you have any other symptoms? Yeah, sure. I mean, um, definitely anxiety. Yeah. Can't tell whether I've always just, had anxiety. I've always yeah. had anxiety though. <laughs> this is the trouble with people yes, like you I and know. me. And uh, I'm really over emotional at the moment, but I think that's just, I think that might be today. But see, that's have the thing you're doing, what us women do. We go, oh, yes. but you know, I've had a stressful weekend, so maybe that's why I'm I think, here. but I think sort of, you know, I think if you're wondering, if you can get them, you sort of suck it and see. If it yes. makes you feel better, it makes you feel better, right? Yeah. Makes you feel better. Makes you feel better, I promise you. So yeah, so I, I like Lenzetto, which is the one I take, which is a spray and that just dries instantly. Um, but yes, going back, Annabelle, it is a moving target as far as like tweaking your, what you need because initially the and do you have hot flushes night sweats anything night, like that night sweats okay put that on your list okay. go to your doctor with a list yeah yeah so you're not so you're not doing what you're doing now being like mm, you're not plucking stuff out because you've got a 10 minute window in oh, that yeah. thing and you've got to get your information across mm. so you're like i know i need um estrogen i've got x y and z and you just write that list and you know just think about all the stuff that's weight very gained. very good advice it's, to go in with a list so it's basically more boring and time consuming for them to say no yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. just just be you know, I'm, gonna, I'm just yeah. going to take this off your desk because yeah. i'm going to say yeah. this is what these are my symptoms yeah. and i'm going to prescribe yeah. what i need so thanks yes yeah. this, this yeah. is what i this is what i did with my foot recently i was like this is what i've got can you please <laughs> can you please and they were like oh well how do you know I'm like I know this is what I've got you know they're like okay then yeah that's what you've got to do you've got to own it you've got to own it you've got to go in there and say I'm already on the coil I'm already have my I have my progesterone so I know that that's a given but now I need estrogen and I quite like to have and you could say you want the gel which yeah. takes a little longer to rub in and dry but people like the gel or Lenzetto which is a spray Writing and they can prescribe Lenzetto. that to you from your GP okay so yeah so <laughs> Dr uh, Snowden <laughs> so apart from the hormones what other things um, have you been doing to sort of take to take care of yourself so, um, yeah, because you do have to see it as a 360 approach. You can't drink as much wine as you used to. Oh, I know. Just <laughs> when you really need to drink, you can't metabolise it. It's such yeah. a shame. Apparently, yeah. the ability to drink comes back. Well, it's, it has for me. I've been, I went on holiday recently and drank my body weight in rosé and was absolutely fine. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, Best yeah. news all yeah. day. Yeah, I promise you, I promise you, once you get once you get it back on track and you've got the sweats under control and you've got the night sweats and the anxiety and the weight gain and all that stuff that comes with it and you start to recognise yourself and the brain fog's gone and you can concentrate again and, you know, it, all of those things, you can start drinking again. But you still... I'm not advocating everybody gets hammered all the time, but I'm just saying, like, it's moderation with everything. But I think, you know, addressing your diet as well. So I really love a kind of more plant-based diet. So incorporating lots of, you know, goodness in your diet as well as, you know, if you love meat, it's great, but get, your, get a little bit of fish, but have a lot of vegetables. So things with, that contain phytoestrogen, so um, sweet potatoes, chickpeas, organic soy, things like that are really good for us women. And maybe a good probiotic. A probiotic is amazing because you do experience some, you, your bowels and your tummy and the bloating and all of that stuff always comes into the mix as well. well when I, you, I found, um, um, I found because of the cold gut-brain connection, when I started taking Simprove, this was sort of 18 months ago, it cheered me up. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, it really does because, I mean, they put that link now to depression and being, you know, connected to the to the tummy and having a really healthy, good uh, microbiome in your gut. So it's it's massively important. I think everybody should take it. I think everybody should take it, kids as well, because, you know, through our lives, we've been given antibiotics and all sorts of different medication and whatever it might be, the contraceptive pill and all of those kind of things. It, that upsets everything, all the balance in your gut as well, you know. And then I add to the mix, you know, stress, anxiety, 
maybe not having a very healthy diet. And, and that all plays a huge part on our, on our guts, which then plays a huge part in our immunity, which then affects our mental health as well. So I think it's a no brainer that everybody should take. You know, Simprove is, is the one I take. I mean, I love it. So things like that, you have to look at gut health, you have to look at your nutrition, you have to see it all as like just just taking more ownership of your life. When you started taking your HRT, did you feel better quickly? Quite quickly. Yeah. Quite quickly. Yeah, I did. I mean, I still had flushes. I still had hot flushes. And I spoke to my doctor and she's like, you need to up. You need to up it a bit. So um, that's what I did. I just, I started on one spray and then I increased it to two. And now I'm on about three a day. But you know, that might go back down to two because now I've got my levels at a nice place. You don't have to kind of boost them. But initially it's just kind of finding that, you know, that balance. And you know in yourself if you're starting to get your brain back and the because the sweats are really embarrassing as well. Like the sweats come out of nowhere, you know, the hot flushes and you just, you know, you're maybe at the post office and you're trying to sort something out and then all of a sudden you just got like this fiery sweat that's on and you just feel really out of control and you just you feel like he's looking at me, he's looking at me, you can see my sweaty top lip. Oh my god, there's a bead of sweat dropping. It's dripping, it's dripping. You know, it's just this awful like panic. Um and that almost perpetuates it and makes it even worse. So but it's yeah. so horrible to feel out of control of your body and it's yeah. so horrible to feel like a cliche. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You know, when you're going, yeah. you, want, you just want to stick your head in the freezer. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I, so, and and just, and do you take a, a range of hormones? Do you take testosterone and progesterone? Yeah. 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 So it's so all I didn't about take, balance, isn't it? It's all about balance. I didn't need t- testosterone initially, but that is a sort of a blood test situation. And again, I still don't agree with the blood test that they do because I just don't think you can get an accurate reading. I just think, you know, unless you do a couple throughout the month, you know, who knows? Like the different things that influence the the bloods and the hormones whether it's stress or maybe working out if you've been doing heavy weights you maybe have more testosterone reading I don't know but yeah I take a little tiny bit of testosterone cream um every evening and I take a progesterone pill and I I use that vaginally rather than orally and I take my estrogen spray which I, I literally I've got one in I've got my handbag I've got one in my desk I've got I've got it everywhere and it's like in the taxi and I just little cheeky spritz wherever I can just next to the tweezers oh my goodness everywhere everywhere there's one over there's one in every corner but what I love about this is that it, it feels I feel like women it's almost like a call to arms now isn't it yes. like come on yeah. get your list together go to the doctor or make you know make yourself heard because you know 44 can't be an ending no no and you're worth no. it as well and also you've got a shitload of stuff to do and mm. a shitload of stuff that you you that's possible for you i think the idea that you sort of write yourself off you know and go okay well i'm just gonna not do all the things that i wanted to do because this is i'll the just time keep doing the things for everybody else exactly. but i won't do anything for me because yeah. you know and so imagine if we did it the other way around the yeah, world exactly. would fall apart <laughs> absolutely fall apart I know so you know that's why I mean I want I want men to know about this I want them to be talking about it as well because yes it affects 51% of the global population but it affects men as well because you know relationships and families and in the workplace and it's you know so they need to learn about it too everybody needs to be talking about it and we shouldn't be afraid of it and like you said you know you get to 44 45 it doesn't mean your life's over once you get control of it you feel fucking fabulous Mm. and you I'm gonna be 50 in January and I feel like (gasps) I'm only just getting started so I'm like that is like why I'm feeling like we need to empower ourselves to be able to talk about it and not be ashamed hell Um, yeah what feedback do you get from your from get lifted when you're talking about what do you hear most from women oh my god I just I get so many lovely messages 
Yeah, I mean, get lifted is a mixture of different um, kind of topics, but I, you know, I wanted to do something that I about topics that I'm interested in. So, and it kind of went back to basics. So it was like breathing, sleep, um, diet, fasting, all that kind of stuff. And then I did an episode on the menopause, and that was actually one of the most popular. And I did one on sort of um, confidence and anxiety and things like that. And and I I just um, yeah, I get loads of lovely feedback. I mean, I'm a girls' girl, and I love it. And I just I just I do it for me, but I I do it for my little kind of community because we've all become really close. And I think last year, lockdown, that kind of really, that, you know, we all kind of, I just started doing things that I liked, you know, talking about the menopause, talking about my self-care. And there's loads of different elements of self-care. It can be the candle, it can be the bath, but it can be like, you know, cooking yourself a really nutritious meal and really enjoying that or going for a walk or, or, you know, taking your shoes off and getting in the grass and grounding yourself. Or saying no. Saying no. You know, all different things that are a bit less candles and massages and a bit more, actually, I'm going to take ownership of this situation and of my day. But what's How good is it when you say no? Emily? I have no idea. (laughs) 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 I take your word for it. But I'm going to go, Lisa says no, so it's fine. But um, what what I think is so important as well is to, is that, you know, women are going up the ladder now and instead of like getting through the trap door and kind of surviving, then shutting it and kind of moving on, they're going, actually, I'm going to keep the trapdoor open and I'm going to help everybody else up the ladder as well. Do you know what I mean? Like you just, you don't just get through it and think, fuck, I've made it. I'm never going to speak of this again. And I'm just going to, you're actually like, okay, how can I change for everybody coming up? And I think that's so important. I really do actually. Absolutely. And I think there's so many women out there that are doing that. And yeah, I mean, I've got sisters, you know, I want I just want to share this information so that they don't suffer in silence and that they can recognise when things start to become a little bit out of whack and when they want to choose to get help. So, yeah, I'm all about just talking about it. Absolutely. Transparency. Thank you so much for talking to us about it. I know, it. my God. And I literally feel like we're both, both going to make doctor's appointments. I might even clean the fucking car. <laughs> we're definitely going to have know, a cry. I hear a lot of women, though, who have like really pristine houses, but their cars are just like a shit tip. Oh. So I just feel like, you know, that's your little space where, like you said, you don't have control. You just yeah, like, you've got to finish your drink, throw it in the bag. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But for one time, you don't have to go, uh, if I do this, it will mean that my life is less on control. You just toss it yeah exactly maybe i should maybe just this is your self-care it's, it's gonna, your self-car it's gonna become a, it's gonna become an, in, an installation people will come to see it <laughs> yes, exactly. move over tracy emmons bed annabelle rifkin's car this is it <laughs> anyway as far as i'm concerned now all we need to do is just ask ourselves when we're about to make a decision about something or we feel weird about something is what would lisa do what would lisa do <laughs> we'll get the t-shirts um yes i mean you know wisdom thank you so much my goodness yeah it's been brilliant thank you so much yeah thank you for coming and come back come back soon and talk about something else yeah let's talk about something else i'd love to i'd love to but thank you for having me you two are brilliant what breath of fresh air you both are lots of love bye bye everybody bye everyone you've been listening to annabelle rifkin and emily mcmeekin of the middle our book i'm absolutely fine is out now If you like what you hear, please rate, review and subscribe. This podcast was bravely brought to you by Simprove. You can sign up for a 12-week introductory programme and we've got a code for a 15% discount. Midelt15 at simprove.com.
Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revelhorwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.